For 127 years, the Journal of the American Medical Association has been one of the nation's best-known medical journals for both physicians and consumers. Under new leadership, its 16th editor, who will have editorial oversight over this prestigious publication, will soon take steps to lead the publication into a new era, not only of medicine, but a digital age for the medical publications. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Howard Bachner. Dr. Bachner, this summer becomes the 16th editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association with editorial oversight over the prestigious journal as well as the nine archives journals. Prior to becoming JAMA editor, Dr. Bachner has been editor-in-chief of the Archives of Disease in Childhood, the official publication of the Royal College of Pediatrics and Child Health in the United Kingdom, and he has been its first U.S.-based editor since 2003. He is a professor of pediatrics and community health sciences at Boston University Schools of Medicine and Public Health and a noted author, publishing more than 125 papers in peer-reviewed journals and serving also on many editorial boards. We're so happy to have him join us from his offices in Boston. Dr. Howard Bachner, welcome to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks, Bruce. I'm delighted to be able to be with you today. So, Dr. Bachner, I've been fortunate enough to have been part of what was your first press conference briefing before you became the editor, and you talked about pursuing a strategy of intelligent innovation. So tell us about this, and what other plans do you have for JAMA? Well, I'm fortunate. JAMA is already a great journal. So some of the questions I was asked throughout the interview process was, how do you take an outstanding journal and make it even better? There's two ways in which journals can continue to evolve First is technologically. So it's not always easy to anticipate what will be coming around the corner. So, for example, a lot of journals have begun to experiment with podcasts, but it's actually very unclear how successful they are. And so we have some data from our early podcast usage that it's not as high as we'd hoped. But certainly, JAMA's already been experimenting with podcasts. But if you look at some of the other creative sites, TED or Big Think, They've been experimenting with video clips. So I can imagine potentially having some of our best authors do video clips where they speak about the meaning of their research for eight or ten minutes, and then that's easily linked into a smartphone for people. So that may be one new approach to communicating with our readers. Another would be the remarkable marriage that most journals have to English, And I've spent a lot of time thinking about perhaps we need to provide content in more than just English. Probably a good idea because, you know, a lot of the drug companies I write about and and just the country in itself, we're becoming a global economy. So now why not in healthcare? Right. I've been struck by how married we've been to English. In most of my travels, people often say, well, all of the academics speak English. But when I've traveled, I think that's less true. Most of them read English quite well. But I think around abstracts or the electronic table of content, for example, it will give them a facility to look at your content more quickly, and then they can move on to the information that they want and read it in English. So I'd like to see us experiment with some new languages in terms of our abstracts and electronic table of contents. A lot of physicians know JAMA. They might read it. They might get it as publication. They might go online and check things out. But they also hear about JAMA articles because they see them in the media. Consumers 
do no JAMA. Have you thought at all about, in a digital age, ways to perhaps tap into physicians that the organization hasn't, and also consumers? Well, the second, besides technological advances, is your actual content and what attracts readers. So in most journals now, 50 to 70% of the hits come through a search engine rather than through our own website. And most of those hits are not coming just from physicians, but from patients, other stakeholders in healthcare as the U.S. healthcare enterprise has grown. So from 6 to 8% of the gross domestic product to 17 to 18% of the gross domestic product, many, many more people are interested in it. And so I think it's incumbent on a journal like JAMA to ensure that its content is broadly appealing. And so not only is the importance of research papers, but also the information that we put around the research papers, the so-called value-added material. And I think there, when you engage outstanding thought leaders about different aspects of medicine, then you attract a far broader base of readers. I think some journals have done that extraordinarily well, and I'd like to see JAMA certainly participate in the discourse of American medicine in part by uh, having opinion leaders write and talk at JAMA. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Howard Bachner. Dr. Bachner, this summer becomes the 16th editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association, which is not only familiar to physicians but consumers. And in a digital era, Dr. Bachner, I think that more people are, when you talked earlier about Google searches and such, my guess would be that a lot of those folks would be consumers. Do you think that the medical journal... The whole idea that I know they put out alerts and so forth, that it doesn't just come out weekly, they don't just alert weekly. When there's a study and information that needs to get out there, I think all medical journals have been trying to push that as quickly as possible. Do you see that escalating? It's very hard in an electronic age to keep articles so-called under wraps once they're really ready to be released. And I think increasingly more journals are going to move to posting. It's called posting ahead of print. At my journal where I'm currently editor, every article is posted ahead of print about two or three weeks after it's accepted. That makes authors very happy because then in some regards their publication is more official and then it's ultimately a few months later printed in the actual journal. Virtually every journal is experimenting with that to a far greater extent than it has done in the past. Part of the issue for the weeklies, particularly for a journal like JAMA, that attracts very, very important papers, is to ensure that that paper is appropriately presented to the medical community as well as the public and then framed correctly. So whereas that process is very easy to do at some journals, It's a more textured issue and discussion at a journal like JAMA, but certainly the Archives family and JAMA in the coming year will be posting many more of its articles ahead of print. Do you think that physicians understand the importance of medical journals? Are they reading medical journals? Are medical journals struggling kind of like uh, newspapers and others to attract readers because there's so much competition out there? It's a fascinating question. I do a lot of talking with residents and 
practitioners about what they should read and how much they should read and what should influence their practice, most practitioners are inundated with information. So the real question is, how do you get information to them in a usable format? And how do you get them information that they're really interested in reading? And sometimes that's not necessarily the original research reports. That's the information around it. On the other hand, original research reports are critical in influencing the actual practice of medicine. So that's a a tension that exists in the academic world and certainly at journals. Journals that are associated with professional societies, such as JAMA or archives in, in the UK, have done generally well the last 10 years because membership in societies have grown. Journals that are not associated with professional societies I think have struggled to a far greater extent uh, given the internet and the digital revolution. I'm fortunate that a journal like JAMA will always be of enormous importance and generally do well, but clearly the business model of any journal is really different now than it was 10 years ago. Is expanding JAMA's voice outside of physicians, is that something that you see JAMA wanting to do? Well, our patient page is one of our most frequently hit-upon sections. So I do think under Kathy DeAngelis, Dr. DeAngelis' leadership, they've really tried to bridge the gap between a traditional journal and what patients may want. That's been ongoing at JAMA for quite a while. Because of the growth of medicine as an industry, in addition, it's virtually in the news every day with respect to healthcare reform, other stakeholders, politicians, policymakers, people who run hospitals are really interested in, in issues that impact them and medicine. And I think it's in those areas where JAMA can make an important contribution. And in addition, I think physicians like reading some of those papers that are really about a different type of issue than perhaps a patient care issue, but other questions that come up around healthcare, medicine, and physicians. And do you think, based on what you've heard, that, and perhaps even in your interview process, there might have been folks that said, boy, we think Dr. DeAngelis has done a great job, but we'd really like to see this and this happen with the medical journal. Is there anything like that you could share with us? Oh, sure. I mean, as I've already said, I'm enormously fortunate to follow someone who's done such an outstanding job. But all journals need to evolve in order to thrive. And so I don't think anyone believes that JAMA should rest on its laurels. I don't think any of the current staff or even Dr. DeAngelis would say that. And so I think getting new editors at journals every 10, 12, 14 years is really a good idea because the next person may see something just differently than the current editor. So I'm convinced that both Dr. DeAngelis and the current staff would like to see some changes at JAMA. Do folks see JAMA as a credible source? I think one of the things with traditional media is, is that you know, you've got readers going out there and grabbing for things on the Internet, but then physicians, they might struggle with this when patients come in to their offices with loads of stuff they've printed off from the Internet that isn't credible at all. I mean, is that something that JAMA can play a role in? I feel very fortunate Under the new publisher's leadership, Betsy Jones, we've been doing a number of uh, surveys with clinicians and authors. Betsy Jones would be the publisher of JAMA. Betsy Jones, the publisher, has been conducting a lot of interesting polling to understand where JAMA stands. And 
I've been struck that one of the recurring themes is it stands for integrity, integrity, integrity. And I think, you know, that really reflects Dr. DeAngelis' commitment to ensure that authors declare conflict of interest, that authors report the accuracy of their research appropriately. And so a recurring theme is that JAMA stands for integrity. And I think that's true for both patients as well as clinicians. Do you see JAMA going into any areas of coverage? I mean, as someone who comes from a pediatric journal, is JAMA adequately covering certain areas? Or would you see them going into certain areas beyond just studies and so forth? You had mentioned healthcare reform. I mean, would you see the the journal involving editorially in different areas? Well, we're fortunate because we get an outstanding group of papers submitted in terms of original research each year, and and then we call through them to see what we would like to publish. So around original research, we certainly have flexibility as to which types of papers we want to publish. Obviously, they have to meet remarkable and stringent criteria. I think the areas in which we may expand is in trying to create discourse, debate, discussion about other aspects of healthcare. I'll give you an example. Recently, one of the professional societies that oversees residency education reduced the amount of hours that interns, people who've just left medical school and are just beginning their training, they're called interns, how many hours in a row they can work. Now, that has enormous implications for an entire residency, how hospitals are staffed. And I think it's incumbent on a journal like JAMA to have comments about that. It was striking to me that President Obama was willing to go to the governor's conference and say that he would give some states flexibility about how they proceed with health care reform. And I suspect we're going to see some very interesting experiments around the country. I suspect that Texas may approach that very differently than Vermont, for example, or Oregon. And in that case, I would like to see JAMA engaged in the discussion about an issue such as that. So that's what I meant by sort of the broader issues that face contemporary medicine in the United States. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Howard Bachner, who has been our guest. He becomes the 16th editor-in-chief of the Journal of the American Medical Association in its 127-year history, and we're so happy to have him with us today. I'm Bruce Jepson, your host, ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please check us out at ReachMD.com, and I'd like to thank you today for listening.